a person could see me now, sitting on my fashionably grey sofa watching the latest blockbuster, they might be a little jealous. My home is tidy, perfectly finished, each room an exact replica of a page in the next directory. In the kitchen, the coffee machine gleams, while my perfectly ironed tea towels sit neatly in organised drawers. But what they wouldn't know is that Jennifer Jones's sister died in front of her three months ago, and Jennifer Jones has just realised that for those three months, she hasn't been living. Not really. I know I'm alive, but I haven't really been living. Being alive and actually living life are two very different things. I'm not explaining myself very well. I'll try and do better. When you lose someone, when your life is turned upside down and you're left broken, grief clings to every part of your being. You can't see properly. You can't breathe. You can't speak. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You're living, but at the same time, you're not alive. But the thing about realising you haven't actually been living life properly is that when the fog of grief begins to lift, it makes you look at the world differently. And it makes you appreciate every little detail. Take my husband. He is currently picking his nose. His index finger is reaching out from the freckly hand that held mine when I pushed our children out into the world, up into the nostril of the nose that I have kissed the end of, its sharp tip red and cold from the snowball fight we had in the small garden of our first home. And yet, even though he is now examining the findings of his excavation, my loins are on fire. I think I can honestly say that I have never been aroused by the sight of my husband picking his nose but aroused I am. Do you fancy an early night? I ask him. He squints in response to my question, his right cheek rising, and his head tilting as he no doubt mulls over my proposition. I can almost hear his inner dialogue. Why is she after an early night? Is she just tired? Why is she licking her lips like that? And why is she unbuttoning her blouse? In fact, why don't we have an early night here? I say, my voice husky, a voice that belongs to a younger me, a thinner, less wrinkly, stretch mark free me. The kids, he replies, swallowing hard as I take his bogey free hand and pull it towards my hundred wash grey Marks and Spencer bra. The kids are asleep, I reply unzipping his flies and straddling him. The next morning, I stare at the calendar, at the empty boxes that March has to offer. Most days, a blank space with a number hovering in its corner. I'm not really thinking about the calendar, though. I'm thinking about Kerry. About the way that, three months ago, the electrical synapses in her brain misfired. I'm imagining a tumble of veins intricately woven in between the grooves of my sister's brain. I'm picturing the little arc of blue electricity as they ignited with each thought. How perfectly they were working, while my sister listened to me talking about the location of a new jeweler's. How they were sending messages to her body to make her walk, 
just in front of me, across the zebra crossing, as the rain poured and I stopped to look at the location on my phone. How one of those little blue sparks flashed red, a smoky bronze spark that reacted to the oncoming car, that rusty spark that made her push me out of the way of the car, instead of saving herself.